ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. The construction industry is going through a really tough time right now after a surge in the cost of building materials, a worker shortage and rising rates sent firms across the country bust. The cascading effect is devastating as home dreams turn to nightmares and subcontractors are left without being paid. Today, Four Corners reporter Stephen Long on his investigation into the ailing sector and what could be done to fix it. Stephen, your story is one about a broken industry, about one of the toughest times the building sector in this country has ever faced. It certainly is one of the toughest times, if not the toughest time. Numerous people who've been in the industry for decades have said they've never seen it worse, with skyrocketing costs, difficulties getting supplies and labour, and companies going to the war left, right and centre, leaving a trail of destruction behind them, it is pretty bad. Mm, And you've spoken to some people who are right in the middle of that. Yeah, we spoke to a couple, Rahul and Pooja, and they decided in March to lock in a builder for their dream home. This was going to be their forever home. And on the evening of the 29th of March, Rahul was sitting at his computer and he paid as much of the deposit as he could under his deposit limit uh, because they wanted to lock in the price and and get this all set. And that was with Porter Davis. We paid $10,000 because our limit was $10,000 a day. And then the balance of $4,884 I paid on 30th of March, which is Thursday evening at 6.45 p.m. Just hours later, his wife saw a social media post that was very unsettling. I'm a part of the Facebook group, Porter Davis customers, and there were posts there that they might go into liquidation. So seeing that post, they were first in disbelief Mm. and then in panic. And so Rahul sat down at his computer again and he fired off an email to Porter Davis. I mentioned in the email that, is it true that you guys are going into the liquidation? I mentioned in the email, I mentioned word scared, that I'm very much scared. Is it true? Well, the next morning they found out, unfortunately, that liquidators had been brought in and had taken control of the Porter Davis group. And Rahul and Pooja were among the 1,700 customers affected. Now, it was pretty bad because um, their deposit just seemed to go into the ether. They didn't get a contract issued. And whereas a lot of people have received their money back, these deposits were meant to be held in trust and returned. Because theirs came so late in the piece, they just haven't heard anything and they don't even have the proper records. Uh, and so for them, it was a nightmare. 
what they have done to us was not the right thing to do. They should have stopped like a month ago, like they should have stopped taking the deposit. Now they have taken our deposit a night before when they are going into liquidation. We have not expected of such a big builder living in Australia that this could happen to us. We trusted the whole process. I think we can all imagine just how devastating that would be and that moment when you realise that had happened would be just horrible. Let's talk in a moment, Stephen, about why Porter Davis was still permitted to take funds from clients the night before they were due to collapse because that in itself seems extraordinary. It just doesn't seem right. But first, the flow-on effect of this is huge, isn't it? It's not just people like Rahul and Pooja, but all the subcontractors down the chain. They're really badly affected as well. Absolutely. And they they are the people in these situations who are often hit the hardest because in the vast majority of liquidations, there's either no money left for the little guys, and it is a male-dominated industry, Mm. um, they get either nothing or cents in the dollar, uh, only a tiny fraction of, of what they're owed, if anything, at all. Porter Davis owed $147 million to creditors, $147 million. A lot of that was to subcontractors, subbies who'd done work, and to suppliers, one of them being Sandy Chen. He is a chap who set up a business that's making frames for houses out of light-gauge steel. Now, Porter Davis was by far his biggest customer, about 70% of his work. This parlor has cost me $5,000, and all in this warehouse roughly cost me about $400,000. And this all for Porter David. We don't know what should we to do it. Where can I sell it? Who can I sell it? And he'd spent a big amount of money in his terms mm. on materials for the pipeline of work that the building company had promised him. And Porter Davis went under owing him close to $900,000. At least that was the amount acknowledged by the liquidator. He reckons in terms of receipts he hadn't yet put in and weren't accepted was more than a million. And that was money he just could not afford to lose. That much missed call in my mobile phone. My family, they are just calling me ask, are you all right? And he didn't have insurance. He had no insurance. Uh. He owes money and he's getting constant demands for that money from his supplier. So he's in a really bad situation. When I answer the phone, I don't know how should I tell him because I don't have that much money to pay him. And the question they ask, just same question. When you are going to pay me, I don't want to close down. Yeah, and Stephen, there would be so many people like him in that position, subcontractors, not just relating to Porter Davis, of course, but there's been building companies collapsing all over the country. It's a really difficult time. So if you look at the number of building company collapses, which is upwards of 1,700 now, Mm. and you think of the number of subcontractors who would have done work, you're possibly talking tens of thousands of people who are affected. 
So, so, so many. And you spoke to John Murray. He's a veteran of this industry and I tell you, he's not happy, is he? John Murray is a remarkable man. He is so passionate. He spent 45 years in one way or another around the building industry. For many years, he ran the Master Builders Association, the the peak body and lobby group for the builders. And he just loves the industry. Mm. He's passionate about it, but he thinks it has a broken business model. In an industry that operates on a margin of 2%, particularly in current circumstances where we have inflation of 7%, where we've got significant shortages of labour, where we've had building materials like steel and timber rising 20-30%, to have a margin of 2% is, is, is a recipe for, a, for an industry that, that lives on the edge of viability. Builders that operate on that sort of margin get tipped over into insolvency very quickly. So, Stephen, this really does sound like a broken system. Let's just return to that question briefly as to why it is that building companies like Porter Davis can continue trading, taking clients' money, even though it's clear they're about to go under. Well, it's a big question with Porter Davis because the liquidators said that for about a month before they went under, since February, they went they went under in March, uh, they had likely been insolvent. Now, the directors have possible defences against insolvent trading, which is an offence, mm. because they were working to try to get an investor into the business and working on various remedies. And one of the concerns is you had this business desperately chasing more and more work to pay the bills And that is an unusual, in a sense. That is how this business works right across the board. And they're relying on new business coming in to pay bills that are accruing. It's not good. No. So the question is, how can this broken industry be fixed? Because surely we can't leave it as it is. John Murray thinks he has an answer and he's spending a lot of his time, and John Murray's past 70, Uh, pretty much got a full-time job now lobbying for the scheme that he wants to put in place. He wrote a report for Parliament back in 2017 which was advocating a system where there'd be a series of cascading trusts. So builders would be required at law to hold money in trust for subbies they owed money to When a company went into liquidation under John Murray's scheme, the banks wouldn't have first access to the money. The secured creditors wouldn't have first access to the money. The money that was meant to be held in trust for the subbies, that would be top of the queue. The trust fund model that I propose will ensure that the subcontractors who carry out the work will will be appropriately protected This is actually formerly Labor Party policy. It's in their policy platform, but Mm. the government is equivocating on it. They haven't given any guarantees, but a lot of pushing back because building companies are used to using that money as their cash flow and borrowing against Mm. it. It's not their money. It's a subcontractor's money. It's the subcontractors that have done the work. They should be paid for the work that they have done. And it is improper for builders to use other people's money. It's unethical. It's improper. It's immoral. 
What about the homeowners, though, the people who've been left high and dry halfway through a contract, halfway through a build like Rahul and Pooja? What happens to them? Well, this does nothing for them. Mm. And so they're in a really, really bad position. They actually don't know if they can continue with their dream mm. or whether they're going to have to sell and basically cut their losses. Honestly, I don't want to sell. This is my dream. Whatever it will take me to keep the dream alive, I will do, but I don't know whether I can fulfil that or not. And what about Sandy Chen, you know, the subbies? What about them now when there's not a different system in place? Well, Sandy is in a terrible position. While we were with him, he went to the bank to see if he could get a business loan. And the bank looked at his records and said, well, they're impeccable. You've always paid bills on time, but we noticed that most of your work was with Porter Davis. So how can we give you a loan? He came out very, very upset, mm. walked around the corner, took us to his home and told us he was now looking like he was going to have to sell his house to pay his bills and keep his business going. I don't want, I just don't want to think about the part. It's just horrible. It's horrible. Stephen Long is a reporter with Four Corners. You can catch his report tonight on ABC TV at 8.30 or on iview. If you want to know more about why so many builders are going bust, we covered that on May the 30th. And that's in your feet. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Flint Duxfield, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.